This podcast is brought to you by LTAsex.com. LTA Sex. Sex positively. Welcome to Behind Closed Doors, the podcast where we teach you what it really takes to have a perfect relationship. I'm your host, Jerome Stewart Nichols, sex educator and creator of LTSX.com. You know, those glossy Instagram selfies look great, but they don't tell the whole story. There's a hell of a lot that goes on behind closed doors that make strong, healthy, and sexually satisfying relationships. From the basics of communication and fighting fear, to full-time DS relationships and navigating the politics of polyamory, Behind Closed Doors offers you the expert advice and first-hand experience you need to get and maintain the relationship that's right for you. To keep up with the show, visit ltasex.com slash Behind Closed Doors for links to everything regarding the show. Subscribe to Behind Closed Doors on iTunes or Stitcher. You can keep up with me on Twitter at NotJeromeStewart or on Tumblr at ltasex.tumblr.com. Oh, and as always, if you have questions you want an answer or have some feedback about the show, uh, send it to me, Jerome at LTASX.info, J-E-R-O-M-E at L-T-A-S-E-X.I-N-F-O. But enough of this shilling bullshit, let's get into the sex and relationships. All right, all right, all right, all right. <coughs> I think I'm dying, you guys. Jesus Christ, hold on. As you know, this is Behind Closed Doors. I'm Jerome, currently dying, as always, a liar. I know I said we get into the sex, but once again, have a few things to go over before we actually get into the sex. So, this episode is... I'll describe it as raw. Uh... We talk about a lot of things in this episode, we being me and my partner, Bubby, uh, concerning mental health. Uh, He was recently hospitalized uh, in a psychiatric ward, but I don't want to get too much into that and spoil the story, because trust me, it's a wild one, but (laughs) we talk a lot about... The feelings that came up, uh, what we learned from both of our ends, him being in uh, the psych ward and me having to leave him there. It's it's I hate to say a throwback because for fuck's sake, we really just got into this new format uh, one episode ago. But it's a bit of a throwback to a couple of the earlier episodes wherein uh, we're talking a lot about you know just how things happened you know as true and affirmed as you know we could possibly make it listening uh, having the conversation rather I was reminded of quite a few things that I'd forgotten in the time since uh, since this happened this is now like about a month or two ago it's over a month but maybe not two months um And it really brought back a lot of flooding uh, feelings, a lot of memories. I want to stress that there's no right way to handle these situations. 
uh, later on in this episode, I get into talking about this more. But for those who you know may not listen all the way to the end, which is where we more talk about that, uh, there's no wrong way, except maybe like fuck you, kicking them off a bridge or something, to handle a situation where you don't know what's happening. For me, this was very, very scary. Uh, but it ended up well. We made a lot of mistakes, as anyone would in this scenario, but... Hi, Bobby. <laughs> you can go ahead. Um, as anyone would in this scenario, but it's important to learn things from the mistakes you make. And I hope that you guys learn a lot from the mistakes I made. I hope that uh, if you have ever experienced anything like this, you'd be willing to share uh, your experiences with me. You can send like send me an email, Jerome at ltasex.info. Um, I'd love to hear it. Any advice you have uh, about you know, the content of this episode would be absolutely stellar. Also, uh, right now we're in a bit of a... Personally, I'm in a bit of a rough spot. Uh, I'm going to be laid off from my job soon. Uh, I've been doing LTA 6 for like five years now, but it's essentially just like a semi-pro hobby. We don't really have advertisers. We don't really have uh, you know products to sell. We're just a informational website that I hope you guys get something out of. Uh, if you want to help my transition <laughs> in being laid off, and perhaps maybe make LTA sex my full-time job, which, oh my god, that would be fucking fantastic. I would greatly appreciate it. God damn it, close the refrigerator. Fuck. Fuck. I love you. Go in the other room. Go in the other room. Love you. Um, if you would like to support it's easy to do we don't require that much money in fact uh, I started a Patreon campaign uh, and our top goal right now is only like $1100 because I wasn't making that much money to begin with at my regular job so it's not like I'm you know rolling in the dough but if you if if if, if I'm capable of getting to the point where I can replace that income uh, you know talking on the phones doing social surveys with doing stuff for LTA sex there will be so much more con- con- content there will be so much more uh, just new and amazing things I would love to get back into doing videos but I haven't had the time I would love to do more shows but I haven't had the time it's hard to run a business that doesn't pay you <laughs> because when other things are are paying you they have to sort of come first so if anybody out there can help a dollar a month two dollars a month five dollars a month hey go crazy ten dollars a month twenty dollars whatever you can afford or are willing to give if you get some value out of LTA sex it now would be a great time to show it uh, via your support on our patreon campaign uh, it's patreon.com slash keep it sexy P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot C-O-M slash K-E-E-P-I-T-S-E-X-Y. Uh, you can also, if you don't want to do like a monthly thing, you can donate any amount you want uh, via PayPal and you can send that 
to Jerome at LTA6.info. J-E-R-O-M-E at L-T-A-S-E-X.I-N-F-O. So, I'm going to stop vamping, asking for your money, asking for your help. Uh, we're going to get going to get gun. God damn it. What is wrong with my throat today? We're going to get into the show. Uh, it's a bit long, so I don't want to hold you up. Or maybe I do. I like holding people up. It's my job. It's sort of what I do. Anyways, uh, to start, I'm going to throw in a bit of a song here. Uh, it has to do with our topic. It is, uh, I believe, called Kamasado by Panic at the Disco. It's a song that talks a bit about uh, <laughs> the topics that we are dealing with right now <laughs> with Bubby and in this episode. And I would really like to um, set the mood with this track because it's appropriate. And Bubby loves Panic at the Disco, so why the fuck not? Uh Thanks so much. Let's get into the show. V-I-V and your hospital bed. This was no accident. This was a therapeutic chain of events.
was no accident. This was a therapeutic chain of events. Hello, 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 everyone. Hi. Hello. Yeah. What's up? Not much. Just got back from my trip. What trip? I went to the hospital two months ago. <laughs> I thought you were gonna. Okay. So I guess we're gonna jump right into that then. Yeah. Okay. So let's see what happened was. What happened was. No, but really. Um. So about two months ago. Um. If we. Oh wait. If we. Then. People know about. October. Yes. That was a thing. Like that's. And by October you mean your seizure and amnesia. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I didn't remember if we had talked about that, but. Um. So since then, about two months ago, I was feeling, um, I was feeling a lot, and, um... A lot of what? A lot of feels. Okay, you're feeling a lot of feelings. Okay, what type of feelings? Confusion and very self-conscious and... Closed off, but at the same time, needing help. And, you know. Do they know? Maybe someone knows. Maybe someone knows what I'm going to talk about. Oh, that reminds me of a story I have to tell you today, but I'm going to tell it at the end because it's like, it's trippy as fuck. Is it? It really is. Okay. Okay, so... I was feeling these feelings. And since then... Like, since October... Um... It's been very hard for me to communicate... My feelings and my emotions and... Even my words. Um... Like, I can think of what I want to say... And the way I want to say it, but it can't come out. It's like I have it in my head, but I don't know how to express it in words. Mm -hmm. Like a sentiment, like ask questions. And, you know, we talked about before, um, you know, we talked about that after I got back from the hospital. Actually, the day I got back from the hospital that... You know, a lot of um, me not talking about it, about how I feel, about checking in with you. It's not just about me. I mean, I didn't check in with you. I didn't take care of you. You know, in a in a you know a more acceptable and beneficial, productive way. You've gotten off track. Tell the story. Tell Um, the story linear so people can understand it. Am I jumping around? Yes. Oh, okay. It's hard because things have happened that relate to things that happened then. Right, but right now what we're trying to do is just get the plot points. So you're feeling all these feelings. Oh. You're, you're, you know, you're, you're acting out, you're getting grumpy, you're being sort of like, uh, frosty all the time. 
Yeah. Um, then, you know, our roommate, our former roommate now, uh, she's here. She cuts herself. And then a couple of days later, he's at work. He is freaking out in his head. He starts to feel what? Very anxious and very um, antsy. Antsy. So, are you having like thoughts then? Yeah, I mean, I had already like got a hold of my razor blades, mm-hmm. you know, and um. Which is weird because that actually was never my go-to when I would cut. It was always a pocket knife. But anyway, I had already taken those and it was... I had a very stressful day at work and like it it had been building up for quite a while. Mm -hmm. You know, we were getting in more fights and I was... You know, turning into a side of me that I don't like very much, mm-hmm. but I know is there. And I just one day I left work and I was just like, "Fuck it!" Like it got to be too much, mm-hmm. and I went to the park and I went to like the gazebo and I sat down and I'm trying to clear my head because that's where we go and have good times and it's somewhere that is very helpful for me most times Mm -hmm. to get my thoughts together and you know it just got worse and you know then I tried to kill myself I went you know down under the bridge um, going into Depot Town and I got like I submerged part of myself in the water and just kind of started slowly deeply breathing it in and it it was a weird feeling it's I don't know how to explain it Feeling it fill your lungs Mm -hmm. is really weird. It's weird. And I got scared because I could feel it going up. It's a reflex. Huh? It's a reflex. Yeah, I could feel the water filling it. No, the the reflex that you had to be scared was was a reflex. It keeps you alive. You don't want to drown. Instincts? Yes. Like when they talk about animals? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um. And I ended up throwing up and crying. I was really upset. As I imagine someone would be in that situation. <laughs> um, I mean, 
I don't know. I don't know anyone that could just do it with a straight face besides baby Kristen Stewart. So I walked home. <laughs> and That's Arya Stark for people who don't watch Game of, Thro- or Game Game of, of Thrones. Thrones. Her head just submerges out of the water. You do know that people can't see that on an audio podcast. But you can see it. You'll appreciate it. Just finish your story. So I came home, and I was really freaked out, and I didn't know how to explain what had happened, because like I said, words are weird for me right now, and it was even more upsetting, because it's like, how do I tell Mr. this really horrible thing, (laughs) and explain it to him? When I don't even understand what I was feeling or why I did it or like. You know what I mean? Yes, I know what you mean. And it was very frustrating and I ended up yelling at you a lot. And we started fighting again. And then... Things got upset, and then I came in here. Okay, and so he comes home. You're skip. You're like, I'm, you're not a great storyteller yet. Skip like, skip like so much. Okay, he comes home after trying to kill himself, and he's being mean. So I stand at the door and I tell him to turn around, gather himself, and. Uh, he doesn't, he walks away, so I go upstairs, uh, cause I'm mad, I don't know what's happening with him, he's just being mean again for the 800th time in the last couple of months. Finally he comes in and we start fighting and we fight, ugh, for like two or three hours, and, um, screaming and yelling and craziness and spitting, he ripped my, th- my shirt and... Scratch my neck and you acted a goddamn fool. And then I was just tired of it at a certain point because there was no amount of talking to him that was going to get him to calm the fuck down. And he was saying shit that wasn't true like, um, you hate me. You you don't fucking love me. You you just, you, you don't want me here. Uh, blah, blah, blah. You're never here for me. I'm just all sorts of things. And, uh, so I come in my bedroom, or the bedroom, brother, and I'm sitting here, and I'm just sort of like, I'm not going to deal with this craziness anymore. You either get your shit together, or I'm just not talking to you for right now, because this is fucking insane. Which is, like, a very apt way to... <laughs> describe it uh seeing as what happened after but uh it i'm in the room he comes in and he starts talking about what what would i do if i hurt myself and he pulls out razor blades and out of my skin pocket out of your skin pocket whatever that means and then he says to me uh what would you do if I just cut myself right now? And I'm like, well, that's something that we'd have to deal with. That's a decision that you're going to make. And swip, swip, slices of the wrists. Uh, 
it went across the street, not up the road, as people would say. I'm not sure if that's an offensive phrase. I always, I always hear that in TV shows said by white guys who are like, kind of dicks. That's kind of a dick thing to say. Yeah. Um, but if that is, let me know. Jerome at ltsx.info. I wanna, yeah. I wanna know about that. I don't really know suicide um, lingo. Tact. Lingo. Linguistic tact. Um, and then he does it how many more times? Well, oh, while sitting in the room. Total of 49. Total of 49, but does it probably like, you know, four or five more times while he's in the room. And then he leaves the room and he goes into the bed or the bathroom and he just starts going at it. Carves the word love in his wrist and has this one big gash. It was the very first one, but it's like bleeding crazy and I can see his flesh underneath. And Nine stitches. Nine stitches it took to seal that up. Um, so I like pour alcohol on it and wrap it up and with a, sock. with a sock and then we just sort of like talk for a second and then we go sit down and we don't talk I'm just so tired and scared and worn out by this point and what were you feeling? everywhere but you were basically catatonic like still that's how I get when I feel absolutely everywhere. Yeah. I just kind of lay down and I just don't move. <laughs> I mean, but it's... I'm, like, in a... Z- zone. Zoned out. Yeah. Yeah. When I feel You look that. zoned out. You look distant. You've got a thar- thousand yard stare like Denzel going on. Glory tear. Um... And then we just sort of lay down. It's it's weird uh, when when things like that happen. You just, your behavior is not normal, I guess. Um, I'm sure that we should have just like called an ambulance and taken him, but he wasn't dying, and I was tired. We ended up sleeping. We went to sleep. Um, I handcuffed him to me because I was terrified that he was going to go do something stupid. Because sometimes I do stupid things, like slicing your wrist forty nine times. Exactly. Um, We go to the hospital, and he's there. And he's admitted, or he kept in the ER for overnight, and then they found him a room. For 25 hours. And they found him a room at the 1 East Psych Ward of St. Joseph Joseph Mercy Mercy Hospital Hospital in Ann Arbor. Ann Arbor. Ypsilant, Darbor. Whatever. I think it's technically an Ypsilanti. I don't think that really matters, though. Maybe someone knows. <laughs> Maybe someone goes to St. Joe's. Maybe. LTS Lex is really popular here because we're from here. Anyways. And, uh... We go through the motions. Social workers talk to me. They talk to him. Mm-hmm. I go to work because, you know, he's going to be out of work for a couple of days. Or it turned out to be a week. A week. He was in the hospital. Yeah. Uh, I had to go yeah. to the hospital. It was like a rehab, like a um like an Amy Winehouse rehab. Did they do like addiction? Yeah. It was like gambling, alcohol, suicide, cutting. 
Oh, so kind of like a mental catch-all. health catch-all. Okay. Yeah. So this is all very stressful, as you can imagine. But mm-hmm. kind of what we wanted to t- telling that story, uh, which is not exactly finished. There's a lot of things that happened at the hospital, but it will or like during the time that he was hospitalized and afterward, but we'll get to that when we get to that. But right mm-hmm. now I just sort of wanted to talk a bit about um, that whole experience of going through that. I honestly thinking back about it now and hearing you describe for the first time, mind you, what happened at the lake is I guess I'm the one without words. Uh I don't really know how to describe it. It's dark. It's it's dark. But in this sort of I guess enlightening way. (laughs) Uh It brings back a lot of those feelings that I was experiencing uh, during everything. Uh, I have to say, if, you know, we want to talk about learning things from the experience, I I don't regret a lot or actually I don't think I regret anything um, about how I behaved that day I didn't know what was happening I just knew that my boyfriend was being an asshole and uh, you know as his dom and his boyfriend it's sort of my job to keep him in line and help him uh, take moments out to breathe and whatever uh, I didn't know about his feelings because he just sort of w- had been grumpy and wasn't opening up to me. And I hadn't experienced this sort of long, drawn out. It happened over like three months um, of ridic- just ridiculous behavior, freaking out all the time. That's what happened. Yeah. So... I don't regret anything and I shouldn't regret anything because it's not my fault. And I'm saying that out loud so that if anybody else is ever in that position, they don't feel like they have to take the blame for what their partner did. Because honestly, once he was in the house and getting ready to cut his wrist and he was putting it like the ultimatum up to me to just like grab him and hold him and love him and tell him, no, don't do it. That's that is not my job. He was going to cut himself. if He was going to cut himself. Uh and and he's holding you know his safety ransom and the ransom he wants is my love and that is not how this works that is abusive emotionally and the entire situation was traumatic and now after everything happened being in the hospital and all that I feel better we're actually in a much better place. Him being in the hospital really helped. But did you have anything you wanted to talk about in that area before we moved on to being in the hospital? Mm. 
it's really hard sometimes when you're in that situation and you don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. It is hard to get emotions out and that's part of why I cut it wasn't necessarily numb because that's a big part of why I used to cut a lot mm-hmm. it was a, I need to get something out of me I feel so frustrated because it's stuck inside and I just want to get it out. Okay. You know, and... Did you think cutting it was going to get it out? Or cutting yourself was going to get it out? Yeah. Because I respond to pain. And so I think maybe subconsciously I thought that if I hurt, it'll make me think of it. And it wasn't the best thing to do at all. It's like really bad. And I'm sorry that it was traumatic for a measure too. Yeah. And I'm sorry you had to see that. That I made you see that. Because you've never seen me actually do it. You hadn't. No. You'd never seen I'd never seen anyone do it. It's quick. But. I'm sorry that I. If that. Hurt you inside and for being ransom that's not my best side it's the worst side I've seen of you something I can do a lot of and you know, I accept that, that that's part of who I am, you know, mm-hmm. and I think it's good to know that, that even if stuff is not maybe positive about yourself, or maybe you have a hard time with thinking of yourself or others or something like that. Mm-hmm. That it can be, it can be very easy to do that. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's okay, I guess, to accept those parts of yourselves. Like, I mean, I think it, like, I, I want, I just say personally, I guess, it's better to know that, hey, I have these flaws and I accept them. Because that way I'll remember I have them and not feel completely fucked up when it's brought up. Yeah. You know, because that's one of my issues um, that I have with um, 
just my head in general and also my like mental disorder doesn't really help that I don't think right you know but um so I just wanted to say that um getting back to my original point I'm sorry that I scared you and was so mean and abusive um I'm sorry that we had to that I put you through that to get more to this sort of place since then. Yeah. That. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that because it's. I'm happy you got help, but I'm still sort of like. I've stopped asking the question because it's over now, but like. Why did you have to do that was a question I was asking you a lot, especially right when you were getting out of the hospital because I you were getting better and I was sort of like, okay, now we have to deal with this because this is fucking ridiculous. It's absolutely fucking ridiculous. And we talked about it and it helped. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. moving on to you being in the hospital, I was home for a week. I got to see uh, my other partner, partner, partner. Mother partner. 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 Uh, Noah, my sweetheart. Uh, which helped. Um, also hooked up with this really, really cute guy. Oh, fuck. You never told me about your hookups when I was in the hospital. Yes, I did. You fucked one of them. The really hot one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I caught up now. Yeah. I think. Yeah. It really wasn't that long ago. It's like two months now, but that, like, in terms of, like, shit that's happened, you know. Uh, So, for me, the week was sort of a blur. I was talking to him and, you know, being supportive. But I was sort of numb and I was eating my fucking face off and smoking too much and drinking and doing all that stuff but then I sort of got tired of that and I just sort of uh, tried to let the feelings come in and the first feeling was anger that happened that happened Yeah, that was what you said yeah so the day before he leaves we have a huge talk Um, after I come to pick him up we have a huge talk. When they're outside, we have a talk. When we're home, we have a talk. There's lots of talking for the days after. Mm, I cried a lot. I cried a lot. That's when it happened. Mm-hmm. For you, it was a lot of what? Therapy? In the hospital? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of therapy. A lot of learning to cope and realizing like different things about my own mind that I didn't really think of before that were kind of new for me because I hadn't heard them in a way that was explained Mm. that was easy for you to understand yeah it was easier than my class I go to at corner to understand because even that can be a little complicated for me Yeah, for um, DBT is my class I go to. Yeah. But, um, 
you know, I learned different things that helped me and how to talk to people and ask for help when I need it and how I need it. Mm-hmm. And part of what I said about um, like support and stuff. So, while he's in the hospital, they change his medications. Mm-hmm. They do a lot of work with him to sort of figure out like what's going on. And the diagnosis they come up with is borderline personality personality disorder. Uh, before this, we thought that maybe it was like schizoaffective disorder. Uh, we knew that he had, you know, depression, anxiety, um, mania, but borderline uh, personality disorder or BPD sort of encompasses all of that. Um, it it's this thing where everything's very hot and cold he's happy or he's angry and it's all very extreme he's you know not hearing things the way that they're really happening he's hearing his emotions or the voice he has in his head uh, say things and also letting another big part of that is making up fake scenarios in your head and then worrying about them or like getting very emotional whether good or bad about situations that aren't even happening anywhere but in your head mm-hmm. and it's really upsetting because it to you it's very real and like none of it at least for me none of it like ever really happened right you know what I mean and it's it fucks you up. It's a it's a lot of emotion that is very very draining. Yeah, it is very. It's very empathic. He picks up on other people's emotions and can kind of mimic them and like if someone's having a bad day or something and you talk to him about it because something you know positive that I learned about me is I'm a good listener or I tend to be mm-hmm. when people have problems and I like to listen to people because I'm now I'm not very good at talking back to people especially now mm-hmm. but I like to let people know that they can at least talk to me if that makes them feel better yeah. and so if someone's having a bad day it's not just, oh man, I'm really sorry, I understand what that's like. It's like, oh shit, no, I'm having a bad day. It hasn't been a good day. This happened. And this happened to them. And everyone's sad. And everything's terrible. And, everything's ter- and it just kind of cycles. And then you start making up fake scenarios. And start being in a little fantasy almost and it's like very real the emotions are very real it's not just it's not very easy to control for him it's really happening emotionally it's really happening my emotions are very real at that point like they're real all the time I guess but real in situations that aren't happening Mm mhm um, 
he can be violent. I can be very violent. I can just crush and eat and shut out your soul. Or he tries to. I can try to. And but he like always looks scared when he does it. It's a baby kitten. Wow. Like a baby kitten. Like a baby kitten. Um, but... That is... That's kind of ties into what I was saying is that it... Um, it is a side of you. You know. So... Along with that, there's a lot of, you know, screaming and yelling. There's a lot of uh, distance, a lot of cold shoulders, a lot of um, just bristliness in general. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of what I've been putting up with before, in like the three months before this happened, uh, that has sort of like worn down to all my sensibilities, and we both become very... Uh, sort of like mean when this stuff would happen I was just so fucking tired of it there was no reason for it I was being like as nice to him as I could humanly be I was trying to give him as much love as he may possible but he just kept turning into this fucking demon like every every couple of weeks or so or every like fucking day or so go up in the door for culling. yeah um <clears throat> I will say for me having that diagnosis was comforting because it's always nice i i'm a I, for me i'm a person who likes to who can go through like any almost any stress as long as i have the uh skills to work it out uh it's important for me to be able to like keep a handle on things It's rare that I don't, and it's scary when I don't. And I don't like it, but it's, for me, it's, it's, it's just nice to know what's going on. He got new medications, which, you know, seem to be helping. He got, you know, new ways of dealing with things, which seem to be helping, and again, we're in a really happy place. I will say a few things about um, the time during the hospital, and that is, uh, when this shit's happening, you really, really need people around. I was sort of by myself, but I was making sure that I stayed around people, too, because uh, you don't want to, like be so fucking sad and honestly what's the point of you know what what, what's the point of sitting all alone in your room you might as well go hear the music play you know life's a cabaret and all that jazz uh i don't i don't know that my experience of having gone through that the for the very first time would have been much different but uh you know whether or not i had somebody there but it was nice that my friends were there come sit down so 
I just got through telling my part of, you know, things I learned and mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, oh, actually, there's one more thing I wanted to add. Okay. And this is about filling your feelings. I have a problem with this. I like to run away from my feelings first. You know, I'll drink or whatever. But, you know, when I'm sober, I can think in my mind just to the problems. And uh, it actually becomes easier. To deal with them if you can talk them out if you're like straight headed. And you really shouldn't keep all that inside because if you have it already, you're probably already turning a little like dour or, you know, down inside. But if you just keep it inside, it'll like poison you in a really significant way. So from your time in the hospital, what did you learn? Well, I already talked about that. No, you don't have anything else to add? No, that's what I... That's why I talked about Liz. Okay, like, well... Perhaps... my emotions and... Perhaps... In a better way. Maybe lessons you learned from just the experience of getting help and talking. It was va- very validating knowing that people were here to help me understand... Mm-hmm. It made meeting other people that were like me made me not feel so alone. Yeah, that that's another thing. You did get to meet people who I'm were fine. having similar problems while I'm, you were in the hospital. Yeah, and I added them like on Facebook so we can like talk and stuff. Yeah, which so is like nice. group therapy did that help you? Mm. Well, you're not very social. No, not not many people were very social. <laughs> I would like, I would oh. imagine that's not a place where people are like. In the mood to talk to people, it's nice to have people around, but you just be able to no, go away. No. Yeah, I've had enough of your presence. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, learning to cope and learning different things about yourself was really good. It's helpful. It is, and there's treatment out there for people who are feeling. You know all sorts of craziness, and they don't they don't know what to do. There's you know people you can talk to. There's medicine you can take. There's places you can go, and you know he cut himself to get that help, but you don't have to. You can uh, ask. You may have to make a stink. You may have to show your ass a little bit. Maybe not literally, but like you know you might have to act a fool a little bit. Let people see what pain you're really in before they'll help you, because a lot of times people can be really callous. Until they really see your pain. Um, but. You can do it and you can find it. Mm-hmm. And there are people who are here for you. And love you. And love you. Even if you don't know it and then you lose them. Yeah. So. So. Let's talk about after. Because after I feel like was honestly the most stressful part. Yeah, we had a cut several. I want to say at least five really long talks about our emotions and things, and we learned a lot of lessons. And one of the big things that I took away from that was about kindness. I I have uh, periodically I get get like a sort of like life lesson in my head, and I'll just sort of stick on it for a while. And from 
all the stuff that we talked about kindness was the thing that stuck out to me the most because I I wasn't being kind I wasn't experiencing you with my heart I was experiencing you with my annoyance and my sort of like um, surface pattern finding which I can get into too much uh it's just like an automatic thing I do where I look for patterns in the world. It helps me figure things out. It helps me be aware of like when bad things are going to happen. Uh, where, where other people would be like, oh no, you know, you can't look at this pattern, but you know, one or two data points and you can most often make a sensible decision on the world. You just have to know the connections, but we're not going to get into that. Um, or we already did, but we're not going to get into that more. Uh, Kindness is an interesting thing. Because you can be sweet and love your partner, but you can also forget that you love your partner. And you can forget what it is about them that you that you like. You can start to hate them, start to resent them, start to really dislike them. Start to not want them around. The touch of them is just horrible. And I have to say that I experienced all of that. Um, And it's really hard to keep up with. Because you just know that you're mad. And this is like you're just so tired. And you often don't have words. You know. A lot of these are new feelings. And maybe you're feeling them for the first time as an adult. Because I'm 27, but this is my first serious relationship. And I don't remember feeling any of these feelings except for, like, when I was younger. And I felt a lot of feelings. But I'm starting to get my feelings back. So this is a very new experience. It's... There was a lot of therapy with his, his therapist over at Corner Health. Um, there was a lot of trying and active, uh, taking an active role in each other's lives, taking an active role in each other's lives. Before he went in, like, he didn't know that he could talk to me. He didn't know that he could, um, uh, you can tell it will be done in like, uh, eight minutes. Um, cause it's almost, you know, time to go, but it's, you have to watch out for it and you can't let yourself get lazy because I had gotten comfortable with him being here and being okay. Cause you know, I, I'd been wor- so worried about his memory and him, you know, being functional and shit that I had sort of forgotten the depth of what he'd lost. And he'd lost not just memories, but like the experiences. He lost the lessons that you learn when you have feelings. And he lost, you know, ways to deal with things. And he lost words of how to say things and express himself. He lost everything. And literally. Yeah, and that is that is a a completely 
like it's yeah. unrelatable unless you've experienced it. It is unrelatable unless you've experienced it. There's no you are kind of an outsider mm-hmm. to everyone else because you don't see the world in the same exact way. Not that like people see the world in the same way, but like it's different. Because you can't explain. Yeah, you 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 you're just sort of stuck inside of yourself. Yes. Um, I imagine that's a lot of why kids act the way they do. And I have to be honest, like after after his uh, amnesia and all this stuff, he's been acting a lot like a kid. It, I've been having to treat him with kid gloves, which is where that kindness thing comes in, because we're very sweet to children even when they just pissed on us or like you know we're nice to dogs even when they chew up our shoes but we're not that nice to humans if humans just get in our way or are rude ones we we tend to jump on them and and you know want to hate them and vilify them and you know beat them up or you know call them a piece of shit or you know whatever and with him, I had been kind, I'd been very kind, but I was also tired. And, you know, in my tiredness, I forgot what it meant to love him, what he needed. I forgot to, like, keep looking for him and keep watching out for him. I wasn't being a very good dom. Um, so it's just like, you know. Difficult. <laughs> Bye, Colleen. Bye. So, did you have anything you wanted to add? Yeah, last part. It's difficult. I don't remember what I said. I'm talking at the speed of my brain. Oh, I got distracted by Colleen leaving. God damn it, Kathleen. Um, sometimes, um, you're, no, no, not sometimes. Um, I didn't mean that. You're, um, good, mister. I think you are a good, mister. I try to do my best. And you help me, like we talked about. This is a different story, a way different story. Mm-hmm. But you help me, and I help you. And it doesn't matter if people don't understand or think that I'm too dependent on you. Because I need to be, especially now when I'm trying to regain things. Trying to put your life back together? Yeah. That's that's a... nothing... Go ahead. There's nothing wrong with that. And plus, I'm the kind of person that is a follower and does depend... On people because I don't take care of myself or I don't I can't in these ways right and these are things we're working on yeah I mean I don't think I'm 
You're never gonna be like a leader. No, think, but I'm not. You should be able it. to function on your own. Mm-hmm. But uh, what I was going to say mm-hmm. was that that's that's another point that we should talk about. It's like okay. with your amnesia, okay, and with your BPD, you sort of lose a bit of your autonomy. Autonomy is like uh, your ability to control yourself. Like car, like driverless cars or robot cars, they're called autonomous cars. Really? Yeah, they drive themselves. Those are real. Yeah. Oh wow. I'll I'll show you. There's a lot of cool ones, cool okay. stuff coming out. There's actually like a, a a thing over at U of M, like a course, um, where they're testing all that shit. You can test it. No, we can't test it, but they're testing it to like go on roads, oh, so that people can buy them and actually use their technology on the streets. That's Futuristic. Nah, bitch, it's current. Holla. No. <laughs> or is it? It's right now. Yeah. So, oh my god. Yes. This is not, let's talk about I, tech. No, I, um, get, I get distracted. Behind closed circuits. Uh, behind closed gears. They don't have gears in computers. It's all silicon and boob jobs under the hood. <laughs> Um, my secrets. Oh my god, no! I dreamed. No. Uh, so, you, and this is something I didn't realize, is that on the to- back on the topic of autonomy, I didn't realize, and I I don't know why I didn't. I guess it's just because you know nobody else pointed it out. Was like he needs care, like he needs a caregiver. He needs someone to take care of him and make sure he's taking his medicines and make sure he gets to his appointments. And that is something um, that I started doing for him more because I had been taking like sort of a lax approach to that and just, you know, letting him you know, do do his thing. Because this DS stuff is something we did because it was a necessity. He was having a lot of those same sort of like anger problems before uh, the amnesia and it was convenient to sort of give me the control right. to say, hey, you're acting like an asshole. And then for that word not to be questioned. <clears throat> it was like a, I'm putting my trust in you that you're going to yeah, help not, me with uh, my best interest at heart. It's not you're manipulating me or trying to like use me or anything. It's just like, right. hey... I trust you, and I'm gonna give this really intimate part of my life to you. Yeah. Because that is what makes sense to me. Yeah. To do. And it works. Yeah, it's how I put my close, close, close relationships. Yeah. And you do. Yeah. But that's. It's different, yeah. Equal but opposite. So I've taken over, you know, that part. I I also had to take over uh, the financial part. These are th- these are two parts that I hadn't been doing before the amnesia. I started doing the financial after the amnesia, and I started doing the uh, like you know caregiving part after the hospitalization. So it was like adding two and two. Yeah, it's just sort of like, oh, okay, I know what you need now. I can do this. And I, I can do this for you, Steven. 
I can do it for him. You do it for her. That is to say. I'll do it for Bob. I love you, Bear. From all this, this long as experience, this craziness, this absolute, absolute roller coaster of a life we've been living. Which I swear to God is going to make a bomb ass movie one day. It's going to be better than Memento. Fuck that shit. No, you know what we could do? We could take all these recordings and turn them into like an audio biography. (gasps) Of our lives. What about famous? You bitch. Brilliant. Excellent. So from all of this. Mm. Kindness. Still Prosperity. sticks with me. Oh, stop it. Kindness still sticks with me. Because I I I used to say this phrase that I love him the way he needs to be loved. Um and what I guess I didn't realize is that loving him the way he needs to be loved changed after the amnesia. I didn't know how to love him anymore. I didn't know what he needed. And I didn't know how to express it. And he didn't know how to express it. So it's caused us to fight a lot. And before the amnesia, he at least had words to be able to like give me clues into what was going on in his head. Mm-hmm. But after the amnesia, it was just like, bad, good. That's basically the range of like description he could give me. Like a um, five-year-old. Like a five-year-old. There's bad and there's good. There's bad and there's good. And, you know, a lot of that had to do with, also on top of that, the BPD gives you that very black and white thinking. It's good or it's bad. You're not very good at... Gray areas. Yeah. Um, I... have found, I guess... Or rediscovered in many ways from this picking back up of uh, knowing how to love him and take care of him. I've picked back up on a lot of my dominant feelings. And it's interesting to see them come back and see that me working on not judging him. Me working on seeing him as a, a new person, or trying to learn and letting letting him grow at his own pace, and sort of just taking like a passenger view. Does it feel like I'm a new person? Not exactly, but I. It's the archetype of you that I had in my head has to change. So I have to get a better understanding of who you are now and is, then let that grow over time. Is that why I said I'm different? You are different. When yeah. I remember when I would say that a lot and you're like, you're not any different. Yeah. And I would say, no, I'm different. You that's, are different. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. But I couldn't. You thought I meant personality. Yeah. And I meant. I'm different. Yeah. I can't say. Yeah. So that was me trying to d- 
do the best to say help. Yeah. But I didn't know. You didn't know. That's scary. Why? Because that was nine months ago. Like, or like eight months ago that I would do that. And then it got really bad. And then it finally ended with this. And by this you mean self-harm. Yeah, I'm going to put it in my arm. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of things acting like people are going to see them, but they don't. I don't know why. You're still not used to audio. No. Like, the thing, that that may sound odd to some people uh, listening to this, but then again, remember, he didn't know what the anim... Like, he, he didn't remember, like, what cartoons were. He didn't know what a bus was. He didn't know what a plane was or a train he didn't know that there were places around the world he didn't know there was a place outside the hospital really the only thing i thought was i was in new york he thought you were in new york do you remember that you said do you know where you are and i said new york i don't remember that but that's funny (laughs) i said we took the subway to get here the subway I could I could see how you would think that being in the ambulance is sort of metallic. And that's the only thing. I didn't know what those things were. Yeah. But it was like, that's where I am. And that makes sense. New York is sort of like a big marker. That is another thing. He didn't lose, like, certain facts. Like, he, he could remember, like, some states... He could. It, it, we found out. Oh, that this is something we didn't mention. We found out the amnesia was uh, stress induced. Stress induced, and it was most likely a part of the BPD. And I also partially have a disorder where I go unconscious if I get stressed out, where my nervous system shuts down. Shuts down. Like it doesn't glitch. It just shuts down and. I either just totally black out or, you know, my I lose my eyesight or I lose my memory. I mean, it varies on how stressed out I am. Yeah. How stressed out I guess I am. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. There, there's so many layers to this. and Yeah, it's, it's a lot. Like It's a lot. And I, it takes a lot of learning. And I know this has probably been, like, really long and really, like, what the fuck? Well, honestly, it's a dense topic. Like I said, we were going to end, like, now, eight minutes ago. But honestly, there's just so much that you can take away from it. And and it's just such a deep, like, very, I mean, this took up almost a year of our lives. Yeah. Not that we're anywhere near perfect or anything, but, like, we're on... We're on a good a path. A way better path than we were. Yeah. And yeah. and a lot of that is due to you cutting yourself. Yeah, which is... You pushed the button on the... You slammed your hand down on the self-destruct button, and it got you an emergency response that was exactly what you needed. Because maybe it did, in a way, let it out. It did, in a way, let it out. You're right. Like, maybe me doing that, me... Opening myself up, like literally opening myself up, released that push I needed. Because, like, everything I've learned is everything you've explained to me. And there's some things that, like, you hadn't explained to me that, like, I just kind of learned. Yeah. 
but it was always right there, but like I didn't have that like go. <laughs> yeah, you you, know? you were sort of like standing on the, on the cliff, waiting cliff, like, waiting to like jump off like that, and I needed to be able to be like, oh, I need help. This is how I get help. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Because, and I will say that a lot of times... Maybe it was badly smart. I can't be too mad at you for that, because a lot of times it takes something crazy for progress to really be made. Sort of like, it takes 800 black people getting killed by police for people to, like, stand up and start fighting for it. Mm -hmm. It takes, um, you know, wars. It takes uh, a president getting killed. It takes... You know, a miscarriage, it takes, you know, cheating, it takes some sort of shock to the system for you to move and remember that you're alive. And you can't be mad at people for not feeling alive when they sort of feel dead inside. And feel very stagnant. And very, very stuck. No prisoner in your own body. It's It's like quicksand. It's not happy. It's... It hurts, and sometimes it causes you to hurt others, mm-hmm. even when you don't want to, and it makes you sad, and that's why you cry when you get in trouble, because you're being so mean, and you know it's a part of who you are, but you can't help it, but you don't want to do it. That's why I would cry. And you just don't know anything else to do. And that's why I would cry so much when we would fight, and I would... Just sit down and be like, no, I'm not moving. I'm not doing this. You're not going to do this to me. You know what I mean? When I would go and sit in my room, mm-hmm. it's because it was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to act like this. Like, it wasn't... Because I knew it was the right thing to do, but it was like, I don't want... I don't know how to let go of this feeling of I'm hurting and I don't know how to stop. But I don't know how to say that I need to stop without screaming and biting and yelling and breaking. and Yeah. It's hell for everyone. Indeed. And it's not... It's not good. It's not. And maybe people have lost people because of it. And it's hard. But... You just have to learn to love each other on the other ends and figure out a system that helps you both or all. Right. And it takes a lot of work to do that. And like you said, it takes a push sometimes. Mm Mm-hmm. But, and it's hard, but, you know, sometimes that's what it takes to get better. And sometimes it doesn't, and life happens. Or it stops happening. Yeah, you know. It's all, the people are different. But that doesn't mean you don't try in your own way. I think. Yeah. I don't know. And just stay loving each other. 
And this it doesn't sounds corny. It does sound corny, but stay loving each other. Um and know when the love is fading. Just pay attention to it. Cuz love is it, people people say love is, you know, a feeling. Love is also, you know, a series of actions and it's 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 showing that affection and that care. It's a kindness. It's a sweetness. It's a letting them have their flaws and letting it not be something that you shame them for. It's altering your plans even when you don't want to so that they can get the best. It's letting them cut themselves so they they can get the help they need. And it may hurt you a lot, but sometimes it's good. And I will say that after all this, we're good. And it's nice. Nice. It's nice. I love you very much. And I'm glad that we could get back to a happy place. Me too. So I think that's a good place to end it. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. Uh, LTASX.com slash Behind Closed Doors is where you go to listen. Uh, Right now, we're really broke, and I'm about to be laid off from my job. And we have a Patreon campaign where you can support the site. Oh, my gosh. Tell me more. Oh, my gosh. Yes. No. Um, but Patreon is just like a way for you to support, you know, donate a set amount of money every month and help us out. LTSX is self-funded, uh, and, you know, we're functionally impoverished here. LTSX is, you know, I guess a polished site and it gives people the uh, impression that we're somehow making a ton of money and we're absolutely not. So if you can support at all. Uh, patreon.com slash keep it sexy I believe let me make sure before I put that out there mm, I'm at a double check did you have anything you wanted to say um before we head out if no no I have something cute to say but to say it no, I can't say it. If you think we're sexy, you should you should sign up for Patreon. <laughs> because you know what? That means you're sexy. Hey, we will do something strange for a little bit of change. We, we will. We're not opposed to it. Make it holla for a dollar. Make it holla for a dollar. Mm-hmm. Holla at your boy. Holla and I was low. right. And I was right. It's Patreon dot com slash keep it sexy. Patreon is spelled P A T. R-E-O-N dot com slash K-E-E-P-I-T S as in Sam E-X-Y Thanks so much for listening and we'll be back here next week. So let me stop this recording now. It'll stop anytime. Anytime. Keep it sexy. (laughs) Meh.